Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves the experience of cracking them open or you love the convenience of no-shell pistachios like myself, Wonderful Pistachios is the perfect healthy snack for when hunger strikes. And there are a bunch of tasty flavors to choose from too, like honey roasted, smoky barbecue, jalapeno lime, and more. Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Sirius XM Radio presents, in conjunction with House of Athlete, I am Athlete Tonight. What's up, everybody? Welcome to I Am Athlete Tonight. I'm Ashley Nicole Moss, and I am joined now by former Pro Bowl defensive back Brandon Flowers, our time superhero. Who wrote this script? Omar? Uh, no, I didn't. I had to be a pronoun. Part time. I'm just going to read what they wrote. I didn't just, I like it. just stand go. by here. Part time superhero <laughs> and co host of I Am Athlete tonight, Omar Kelly. That We're going to have to dive into that a little bit later. I'm not quite sure what exactly that means. <laughs> My superpowers but, are? What is it? Truth telling. All right. Well, (laughs) listen, what's up, guys? We're in studio, so we're all face to face. I'm not in here with just me and Ed sitting in silence. You know, he's not super talkative, but that's okay. (laughs) We got a full house today. And listen, we have a lot to discuss. We're going to discuss, obviously, the New England Patriots, their season, their upcoming season. A stalemate between my New York Knicks and the Utah Jazz in the hunt for Donovan Mitchell in true Knicks fashion. Can't get it done, apparently. Nick Saban just got another bag, not that he needs it. And we're going to try to define exactly what a superstar is. A lot of talk on Twitter about that. But first and foremost, the biggest news of the day, the least shocking news of the day, I should say. Also, Kevin Durant and the Brooklyn Nets have kissed and made up. He will remain in Brooklyn and play for the team this upcoming season and probably for three more seasons after that, seeing how he is under contract. Now, look, after months of trade talks, Kevin Durant will stay in Brooklyn with the Nets after meeting with Joe Sy and his wife, general manager Sean Marks and head coach Steve Nash, the Brooklyn Nets tweeted out a statement and it basically said that the group met in Los Angeles and they have agreed to move forward with their partnership and they are focusing on basketball and the collective goal is still to bring a championship to Brooklyn. Now, this is definitely a complete turnaround from the events of the offseason, right? Kevin Durant, as we all know, requested a trade. And then a couple of weeks later, he went ahead and gave Brooklyn an ultimatum and said, Marks and Nash go or I go. And in between that, a lot of trade talk, a lot of trade packages were thrown out into the NBA world. You know, Boston Celtics, Toronto Raptors, Miami Heat were some of the teams That were in the mix, but nothing stuck. Nothing was going to satisfy Brooklyn, apparently. And um, Kevin Durant is right back where he started from. So 
I'm going to start with you, Omar. Um, what do you make of this Kevin Durant situation? It's obviously the least surprising news of the day, I would say. So you want me to believe that you said, I don't want to be with you no more. <laughs> I don't want to play for you no more. I, e- even if I decide that I'm going to stay and be with you no more, you got to kick out your mama and your auntie. Wow. And from out the house. This sounds a little, little too clear. And, and you know the flow of this a little too but, well. Have you been but, here before? <laughs> one time divorce. Um, but you're telling me that we're staying together for the kids. But my dis- ultimatum is you got to make all these things happen for me to stay. Right. And then. You don't. You say I'm not doing nothing, and I say, okay, I'm gonna stay, and I'm gonna be happy now. Yeah. See, that was my thing, and Brandon definitely hop in this because I want to ask you, as a former player, like my thing was this. First and foremost, I didn't think Kevin Durant was going anywhere. The market, j- there was just not enough that Brooklyn was ever going to get to equal a Kevin Durant. You know, the market. <laughs> what 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 equals a Kevin Durant? I mean, more no, than it, it, like yeah, more, more than Kevin what Durant. a lot of and this is we I've spoken about th- this on this show a few times. It was a few situations. One, it was a lot of teams have kind of gone through the trenches, the dark ages, if you will, and built their teams up from the ground up. They're very comfortable where they are. They have a lot of young talent promising talent and have done well and will continue hopefully to stay on that trajectory. Look at Brooke, um, look at Boston, for example. Yep. So while on paper, any team in the NBA wants a Kevin Durant, but are you willing to do, but do you need him enough to do mm. what was needed to do to get him? I said no to that. And then also look like at the end of the day, you are under contract. It's not like you can just go ahead and say mm, in the well, NBA, in the they, NBA can. can. It, they can, you can, but it, it, my biggest thing, let's go back to the coach and, and the ultimatum, because that was a thing that kind of was like, mm, this is not going to go too well. Brenda, I want to ask you if you gave the front office an ultimatum uh-huh. and said, it's either them, meaning GM and coach, or it's me. And they said, well, we're not firing these guys. And you said, well, then I'm leaving. And now you're back exactly where you started. <laughs> Is that relationship awkward? I know they had the meeting. I know they had the sit down Godfather style and they hash it out like the five families. Cool. But if you're Steve Nash, now I'm looking at you like you're now. If I'm Steve Nash, I'm looking at Katie like he's the ops now. Like, I can't really See, trust you. Like our relationship's weird now. I don't think it's that deep because I think they know Kevin Durant personality. Like, he doesn't come into a franchise and say, this is my home. This is where I want to be. He has the vibe where it's like, really? yo, yeah, he has the vibe. Like, let's go hoop here. I like my guys on the... I like my guys. Like OKC was his... Like, he felt like it was home for him? He did. But when guys started saying, it's Russ the guy, it's KD mm-hmm. the guy, it was never his show, right? So okay. he's just like, I'm going somewhere where I can hoop and have fun and I can mm-hmm. try to win a championship. He's a nomad, is what you're saying. Pretty much. Pretty and you much. know he's a flight risk? He's not even a flight risk because, you know, all he want to do is hoop. So when he demanded these things, I don't think they took it as literal. Like, you're not leaving for real. Like, you're not even going to hold out. You're not going to sit out. You're going to play because you love basketball me, that much. Let me ask you this, then. It was reported initially that mm-hmm. Steve Nash was not the coach that KD or Kyrie Irving wanted. Kyrie allegedly wanted Phil Handy and KD allegedly wanted Ty Lue. Obviously, that didn't happen. Steve Nash was the guy that they got. So if that's true... And the ultimatum conversation is true, which it seems like it was because Joe Sy put that tweet out. Is there a little bit of underlining awkwardness going into training camp when it's like, listen, 
you were the ultimatum that was ultimately going to make me leave had a trade come in because I'm a firm believer had a trade come in and Brooklyn was like, we're not getting rid of Steve Nash or Marks. Katie was like, all right, well, I'm out. But a trade never came in. So mm. it's kind of like, well, this is the situation I at hand know. now. I, this is why I don't think that's the case because us athletes know business is business, right? Right. I'm under contract at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. I can't hold out and sit out for four years. And... <laughs> It's not all on me if it goes bad. Like Kyrie wanted out too. Like we both was like saying some crazy stuff. So. Kyrie, um, <laughs> um, um, Durant, not Durant, um, uh, Harden. Like yeah, yeah everybody, like everybody wanted out. On, they, yeah. they have that going on there. So it's not just like well, it him was never. It was never proven that Kyrie wanted out. It was a rumor, but it actually never. There was no proof. This was concrete proof that Kevin Durant requested a trade. I guarantee you, they told Kevin Durant this. Listen, you didn't play with Kyrie or Ben Simmons last. Shit. Let's mm-hmm. just get one year under our belt and see if it works. If it don't, Katie, you can pick your head coach. If we don't let you pick your head coach next year, you can go. You can pile. You can say you want out again. We'll let Do you, you have your Do you think that conversation wishes. happened in front of Steve Nash? Or Definitely said, not. But- Listen, if he doesn't do what he's supposed to do with a full <laughs> team, I will cut him next week. At just same, let me. You think that happened? At the same time, this is Kevin Durant. Uh-huh. This is maybe the best player in the NBA. You got to give this guy what he wants. You got to have that conversation with him and say, listen, mm-hmm. I understand this isn't your team totally. But just trust us. Just give us this one year. Look at the look at the roster we built. They might have the best roster in the East. If Ben Simmons comes and plays, uh, you know, no, no, they're pretty deep. No, 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 no. Guys, I still think it belongs to Brooke, um, to Boston. Hold on, hold on, no, I, I don't know. They get some. You putting you putting so much weight on Ben Simmons comes to play. When's the last time Ben Simmons came Listen. to play and was actually good? Do they need him to Hold score? On. They when need him ben to defend. Simmons is at his best. He still about can't shoot. Right. Ben, Sim- ben Simmons has never been an offensive powerhouse, but that man can guard one through five with his eyes closed and both hands behind his back. Like he, when he is on point defensively, he is on point. You cannot take that away from him. Offensively, his game has a lot of holes. And that is because I feel, and I've always felt he does not do the work in the offseason to make the strides he needs to and the things he's not good at. And that's not being a hater. You see that his game offensively hasn't really changed since when he got into the league. But if Ben Simmons wanted to get to the basket, nobody's stopping him, right? It's all in his head. I mean, if, you're wanna, if you want to talk layups. His, it doesn't matter. He's, not, gonna shoot, at the he's not shooting mid-range. <laughs> but is Giannis a great mid-range or three-point shooter? No. But he's got he, he's, he's gotten better. Yes. That's the thing. And Ben Simmons, this is the year to prove, like... Have you gotten better? Because we know what you can do on the other side of the ball. I know what you can do defensively. But if there's a situation where, say, Kyrie's not playing, Kevin Durant's hurt. I mean, there it happens. Can you go ahead and make up some of those points? I don't know if I have the confidence in him to do All that. All you need is Ben Simmons to give you 16. And he can give you 16. And you okay. go then. Because Kyrie, and you you don't want too many guys that need the ball on the court anyway. So That's kinda, true. That's that fair. Help, it kind of helps your offense that he doesn't need the ball like a heart and that third to say, hey, I need my points. It's just like... But the strength of Kyrie, Harden, and, and Durant, although we didn't see it mm-hmm. the way we wanted to, was that all three of them can score. You had, a, you had a literal big three when you needed to offensively. If they had been able to all play together, you know for a fact those guys, bare minimum, we're going to give you 20 points. Bare minimum. I can't wait to see Ben Simmons, like, just show everybody. I hope he does. Of, uh, I like Ben Simmons. I, I like Ben Simmons. I can't Simmons. wait, because I'm telling you. You sound like a believer. I'm, I'm not. I'm a believer. I, I'm, listen, I always try When to you got back issues and mental issues, and, and I understand you wanted to not participate in playing for a team that 
really didn't feel you or wasn't in love with you. But when you got back issues and even with your new team, you 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 found every excuse in the world why you couldn't play and couldn't get grace the field, grace the court. Uh, is your heart really in what you're doing? I think it I is. I guess only time I, will tell, right? But yeah. listen, speaking of issues, Pat Bev has some issues with Kevin Durant because he tweeted out after the news that KD and Brooklyn were kumbaya <laughs> once again. He was not, you know, feeling it. He said in his tweet, y'all can sit and don't say nothing, but that ain't cool. It's dudes with families out here who haven't gotten a job because of this KD shit. And to be on and off ain't cool. Blessings, gang. And KD, (laughs) doing what he does best, and that's troll on Twitter, went ahead and quote tweeted it, hashtag blame KD. So, uh, Brandon, what do you make of this back and forth between these two? This Pat Bell being Pat Bell, right? He liked to be a pest. He liked to talk his talk. But let's not get this confused. There's not going to be no kind of rivalry between Pat Bell and KD. Like, KD is who he is. This is him. He gonna let you know how he feel. Like you said, he gonna mm-hmm. troll on uh Twitter. If anybody clap at him, he gonna clap back. I wanted to get out of there. So what? I'm gonna still come and hoop, and I might still get NBA MVP. It is nothing nobody can do about it. Well, di- diving deeper into that tweet, though, do you think there's any merit to what Pat Bev said? He's basically saying in so many words that KD staled or stalled, rather, the market because everyone was on pins and needles waiting to see what happened with Kevin Durant, if they were able to go ahead and even acquire additional players after maybe even potentially getting him. So Pat Bev is basically saying, look, a lot of guys don't have opportunities now to play in the NBA because you went ahead and basically held the market hostage for X amount of weeks. It is not KD's fault, right? Yeah. He's looking out for the best for KD. Like, I don't, he don't care if he had to set out another month. And then a day before the season starts, like, if I can get what I want, I can't worry it, it, about what everybody It else. really only impacts about, what, five teams that might be in the market for that trade or might be close to, to you know, delivering it or might be trying to free up some money. So I, I really don't think Pat Beverly has much of a point there. I mean, he wasn't holding up. Is he is Kevin Durant holding up Carmelo Anthony's deal? Not at all. I, I, I don't think so. So it doesn't make any sense to me. But, you know, hey, say what you got to say. Shoot your, <laughs> shoot, your, shoot your bullets, KD. I mean, we we. Blame KD. I think you can use that hashtag for just about anything now. What's the what's that Kanye song? I miss the old Kanye. <laughs> the, 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 the sensitive on social Kanye. media is is the new is the old and the new Kevin Durant. Right. I mean, it's going to be interesting. Definitely. You know, we kind of touched upon this when, you know, Kevin Durant initially requested the trade. It's going to be interesting, though, not with the Pat Bev situation, but more so how this affects the mindset of owners going into that new CBA because they don't do well with ultimatums. They don't, people with money have very big egos and Uh the more money you have, the bigger that ego is. And they don't (laughs) like being told what to do. They were already, and we've spoken about this, Brandon, you were actually in the show when we had the conversation initially, they were already apprehensive or unhappy with the fact that they're giving out these massive contracts and guys are requesting trades after a season, two seasons, because it's not an instant championship. Now you take the saga of a player not only requesting a trade on a four-year max deal or just a four-year deal, it's not a max, and then giving his owner an ultimatum, (laughs) owners are going to be at that CBA table like, how are we going to make sure this does not happen again? Because this is not okay. Like, 
Omar, it's the main it's the main reason why the NFL is resistant and insistent that we will never be the NBA and the players will never have that power, that authority, that control. And slowly it's trickling to the point where the Russell Wilsons and the Aaron Rodgers and the Tom Brady have gained a little power and gained Mm -hmm. a little control and gained a little leverage. And and they're just like, won't like this. Won't feel it. We ain't feeling it. We can't be the NBA. Wow. But the NBA can't come back, can't take steps back from that. Now, not everybody has Kevin Durant or LeBron James power. No, absolutely not. I mean, maybe there are. I think Chris Paul has Chris Paul. I think there's probably, I would say, 10 guys in the NBA who have that kind of power. But. You know, the cat's out of the bag now. You can't, you can't all, uh, what are you going to do with the, with the CBA to roll it back? Let me ask y'all this. Do y'all really think the Nets was really trying to deal, Katie? Or, um, that's a good, I I, and I really don't, I, here's my thing. I, I get where you coming from. I really don't think Kumbaya, this Kumbaya, we all happy together, make it work. It's going to last? I, no, I don't think it's real. Oh, okay. I, I, I really, I, I'm that not buying a plot twist. No, I'm not. I'm not buying it. Where because are you going with this? He went as far as saying, "If I am going to stay, I need the GM and the coach fired." Yeah. He drew a line in the sand. You can't take. You that can't back. undraw the line in the sand. You can't, you can't take, that take that your foot. Like, oh, I mean, I that. really, I mean that. That's not what I meant. <laughs> what will what, 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 what happen is he'll say, well, I didn't say that. I don't know how I got out there like that. Like, you know, but I'm sorry. That's not how it works. It, I mean, it is going to. Yes. Like, well, that's what I started off by saying. Like, I don't understand. I don't really get how you undo that awkwardness because yeah. it's like, yeah, sure. We sat down and you told me how you felt and I told you how I felt and we reached. Kumbaya. Great. But there's always in the back of my mind and Sean Marks's mind is this guy wanted me out. And that was going to be the only thing that kept him from reneging on his trade request. Or that was the only thing that was going to get him to rather to renege on his trade request. I would be I don't even know how you coach in a full level of comfort. I would constantly be on pins and needles in some way, shape or form, knowing like any wrong move I make. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Katie's I going know. to whisper in Joe Side's ear like I told you I want this man back. Look, look, you see that? Sco- Listen, get rid of him. I think get we, rid of him. I think we put in too much on how much the GMs and the coaches kind of interact with the players. Like we had general managers. That oh, I this played is for. this well, is not. Hold on, this interacts. is not the NFL. Right. This is the NBA. Well, where literally they are around think, these I dudes all Sean the time. Marks will interact with with Kevin Durant as much as Steve Nash does. Yes, I, I mean, mean Steve Nash. You're talking about flights every three times a week. Yeah. I'm trip, telling you, bus trips to hotels, mm-hmm. hotel hotel in team the lobby. To, you know, to you, don't have to say, break, you don't you have know. to say one word to them, <laughs> and you can still go on the court and perform. I've been in I've been in locker wow. rooms where guys don't speak to the general manager. The general manager will come before the football game, shake everybody's hand. You'll see guys like, I'm not holding my hand out and I'm nah. not shaking your hand. And you in the meetings and you in the building every day. Head coach, don't say anything but to in, me because we don't it, get along, but, but you would never know the way they play the on NFL, the field. In the NFL where it's a 50-plus man roster and there's yeah. so many different coaches for so many different positions. And even within those positions, there are coaches for smaller subdivisions of those positions. 
I mean, we're talking basketball where it's like 12 guys, 15 guys 15 on a team. Guys. There's it's not still, that yeah. much room. It's like, it's like, it's like 25 like, people on the flight. But, but, uh, <laughs> but if there's anybody feeling awkward, it's going to be the upper management. Kate. Let's not be crazy. KD kind of the player. This is a player's league. You think KD yeah. going to be on? No, Pence, I don't like, think KD. Yeah, he going to walk around like, yeah, I, I think said as it. a head coach and speaking about, this is Steve Nash. I think it's going to make it a little bit more uncomfortable. He to knew do that your last job. year when Kyrie said, we don't need a coach. Like, yeah, but <laughs> we don't even need a coach. Like, I don't even know why he's here. Diff- I mean, but that's different than saying, like saying, I don't need a coach is because you have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving at the end of the day, like sometimes, and this is no knock to coaches in the NFL, I mean, the NBA, sometimes when you're coaching superstars, you're technically just a game manager. Like these guys know what they're doing. So I don't know if that's something that makes you as uncomfortable as your star player (laughs) giving the owner an ultimatum and saying he goes or I go. Like, I don't even know how you coach like fully comfortable <laughs> in in knowing that that transpired in the offseason like you have to look this man in the face that's like literally saying like omar opened up that's basically like your girl coming to you and be like either your boy goes or i go and you don't get rid of either one of them and now they're all like hanging out it's weird like how do you get past that awkwardness you know what i mean like telling somebody you hate that mother <laughs> and then all of a sudden the mother moves in like <laughs> like how you how you make that work i i mean listen only time will tell but it's it's definitely going to be um an interesting nba season and we're not that <laughs> far away training camp is just weeks away so he's I'm traded sure. by the deadline um oh He's traded by deadline. You think so? We don't make, you can't make, you can't undo that. You can't erase the line. No, you can't erase the line. Winning always eliminates any distraction. That it, listen, that it does. That it does. Winning takes away a lot of animosity. So Hulu is coming in hot this month with new shows, new movies, and all new seasons of your faves. Don't miss FX's Clipped, the story of one NBA team's racial reckoning, starring Lawrence Fishburne. Stream a new season of Shorzy, the underdog hockey comedy that might just knock your teeth out. Then catch the high-speed drama Ferrari starring Adam Driver and Penelope Cruz. Kick your streaming into high gear this month with so much new stuff to watch on Hulu. There are two things that are absolutely true. Grandma loves you, and she would never say no to McDonald's. So treat yourself to a Grandma McFlurry with your order today. It's what Grandma would want. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. At participating McDonald's for a limited time. Earning your degree online doesn't mean you have to go about it alone. At Capella University, we're here to support you when you're ready. From enrollment counselors who get to know you and your goals, to academic coaches who can help you form a plan to stay on track. We care about your success and are dedicated to helping you pursue your goals. Going back to school is a big step, but having support at every step of your academic journey can make a big difference. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. I am Athlete Tonight presents Countdown to Kickoff. 
First and foremost, thank you to Patriots Radio and Sirius XM for that soundbite of Mac Jones' four-yard touchdown pass to Kendrick Bourne. And also Patriots training camp tour on NFL radio for both of those soundbites. One from Mac Jones, one from Bill Belichick. This is I Am Athlete Tonight. I'm Ashley Nicole Moss, Omar Kelly, Brandon Flowers, and we are focusing on the New England Patriots in this segment, Countdown to Kickoff. And listen, it's it's going to be an interesting season for the Patriots. They were once a dynasty, obviously, during the Tom Brady era. And now it's time to learn just how good of a coach Bill Belichick is. Last season, the Patriots finished 10-7 and and advanced to the playoffs, where they got smizzacked by the Bills. Now, Mac Jones will be returning as quarterback, obviously, completing 67% of throws, over 3,000 yards, 22 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. Now, interesting enough, he no longer has Josh McDaniels as his quarterback whisperer, as they called him, because he's now with the Las Vegas Raiders, pushing him to be a louder quarterback, assuming more of a leadership role on his own accord. So, Omar, how do you think uh, Matt Jones is going to do without Josh McDaniels whispering in his ear, giving him that confidence that every QB needs, especially those young ones? Last I checked, they had a defensive coordinator and a defensive specialist serving as the offensive coordinator-ish kind of. They they don't have a title. They so. don't, he doesn't really have a title. <laughs> so uh, Matt Patricia, and I do believe in the Bill Belichick way where he's about teaching everybody to do everything. And he's had, you know, I, I remember talking to Brian Flores and Brian Flores basically worked at every level of the organization before he became the defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Even though he really wasn't calling plays, but that's, that, that's the Belichick way. So until you get, I, I do believe that there are quarterback whispers. I do believe that there are coaches out there who specifically can whisper these last second instructions into the ear of a quarterback to, hey, look for this. Look for B. Flowers. He likes to jump on this route. I've been called the quarterback whisperer. I want to probe that a little bit later. <laughs> give, me, give, me, give, me, give me a minute. Um, I, I But... <laughs> I am. I'm. I'm just not believing. I, one, I'm not a believer in Mac Jones. Oh, I. I'm no mac and cheese for you, huh? No, I think he's. If you're going to say that Tua is a mediocre quarterback, mm-hmm. I've the, never it, said that. Okay, said Tua, that. Is, Tua is Tua is an average quarterback in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Okay, let let's just put it there. The arm is average. He comes from this, you know, paint by numbers RPO offense. Mm-hmm. Mac Jones is the same thing. Arms average comes from this paint by numbers. Uh, offense. He just had a better coach and that it helped the, and a better team and it helped them win, you know, and get to the playoffs 10 and seven. But now that he doesn't have the coach, keep in mind, Mac Jones was the number three quarterback at Alabama. And I know he shattered all these records and was phenomenal when, when he did get his opportunity, but he's a limited player and I'm, I'm not a big believer. I agree with everything you just said. Oh, and I think the thing that is going to make Mac Jones take a step back is I don't think whoever's calling the plays will call them the whole year, right? It can start off as Matt Patricia. And then if Belichick doesn't like it, I think Belichick would switch that up. So I don't, I don't even think Mac Jones would feel like yeah. I have my guy I can go to and he knows what yeah. I'm thinking. And he's going to call the plays just for me. And if stuff get like out of whack early, mm-hmm. like they are going to stick with him. And this is what we're going to do. It's like, it's going to be so much change. And we give Belichick a little bit too much credit because when he do things like this, he still had Tom Brady. And mm-hmm. they still won games. Absolutely. And they still won the playoffs. 
right? Anything. Tom that, Brady was a stabilizing presence. He was a stabilizer. Like they never really drafted well, but it's like they so, did not. It's like it's the Patriots though. Like so, it's it's good because it's the Patriots. They go find a way to make it work because Tom Brady did his thing over there, right? So now I'm sitting back and I'm looking at all this unravel without Tom Brady, and mm-hmm. it's looking like a disaster to me. It's interesting because we're watching the film of Mac Jones in the studio right now. And when he has time to throw the ball, it's decent. You know, he a lot of the times gets to, you know, where he needs to go ahead and get to. But I think also one of the things that we notice when the pocket collapses is when, when it, you know, it all goes haywire for him. He doesn't seem to understand, all right, where am I going? What am I doing? Who am I doing it with? So the offensive line lost both starting guards, Ted Karras and Shaq Mason. How is that going to affect Mac Jones this season? That does so much for a quarterback. It messes with your clock, right? When you're used to being comfortable in the pocket and you think you have three and a half seconds, and especially in practice, right? When you can't get hit, yep. you're comfortable. Mm-hmm. But when them live bullets come and your guy's not there and they start disguising on defenses and those vets usually pick up everything that comes last minute when they're not there anymore, mm-hmm. it's going to speed his clock up, right? And it's going to be, I'm telling you, it's going to be a rough start for this Patriots offense. And I'm interested to see what Belichick does because when he gets asked who's gonna call the plays he always just say it's a process like he's not even trying to tip anybody off to let them know who's gonna be the guy right so like i said before i think that's gonna change he's not gonna have his old line in there and he's coming with a new receiving core yeah per se so omar i want to ask you about a name that you're familiar with Devontae parker you know will he be able to become a number one receiver with the patriots after producing only one thousand yard season in miami and given the fact that mac jones has lost two starting guards it's going to be a lot harder for him like brand said that clock's going to be all haywire you don't have your quarterback whisperer it's going to require you to think a lot faster on your feet is Devontae even going to see a lot of those touches from his quarterback, or are they going to result in a lot of it's just not happening? Devontae Parker has never been a number one receiver. He's always been a number two. Um, he's never he's had one healthy season in the NFL. So let's but let's put injury aside. Mm-hmm. I have never covered a receiver in my career who is never open like Devontae Parker. He's literally never open. Wow! You have to throw him. He he doesn't run good routes. You have to just throw the ball in a position where he can catch it, given him opportunity. But he doesn't run crisp routes. He doesn't create separation. He's always covered. You just have to trust it. And I don't think Mac Jones is going to trust it. For for anybody out there who plays fantasy football, and I don't live in that world and I don't live in that space, if you think Devontae Parker is going to have a phenomenal season, um, I, I say you, I got some some real estate in Idaho, some beachfront <laughs> property in Idaho that that you might be interested in because it's fool's gold. I can get you a mansion somewhere in Wisconsin. Was it T-Pain said? Yeah. <laughs> Listen. It's, uh, it's going to be a culture shock for him going over there, right? <laughs> like how you mentioned, he had a hard time staying healthy, right? When you get into New England, what do you hear? We practice so hard. We practice so long. Like that wears on your body even more, right? So that's going to be a to- that's going to be like something else he got to worry about. Like just trying to be available. That organization is just so, and I've said this for years, and Patriots fan used to like get on me so bad on on Twitter. It's so poorly run from a front office standpoint. And mm. you, Why you say you, that? 
because the decisions that they make, like even going and trading for Devontae Parker and like that being the wide receiver that you're leading somebody. I mean, that that's not my choice. That's not my – that wouldn't be my top five choice. A receiver that the Miami Dolphins is throwing away is what you want to pick up? But you know the Patriots. They yeah. Play, they yeah. We know what you don't know. Yeah, like, yeah, of course. We know what you don't know. We did the same thing with Wes Welker. We I've watched Devontae Parker for seven years. There is nothing that I don't know, and he is never open. Did you think Wes Welker was going to be Wes Welker? He was a productive playmaker in Miami and an asset that they didn't want to trade away, but they got too they got too much for him. If Devontae Parker stayed healthy, I think we'll have a different opinion. Well, I, I like Devontae Parker, but I think we'll look at him maybe as that number one receiver. Not a top 15, yeah, top 10 no. number one, but he's like a guy where it's like, hey, I got him out there. Like, I can trust him, like you said. So I, I think if he goes over there and he can just stay healthy and, you know. Like Which is said, never happening. Like New England, like they just think they can. Yeah, no. They, they, listen, their guys. their touch. I mean, but remember that touch was with Tom Brady. It was. Tell me, in the last two years, who have they put that New England touch? On that all of a sudden that guy's just re- re- resurrected his career or I become. It, it certainly wasn't Cam Newton. Aww, super I Cam. Agree. This is I am athlete tonight. I'm Ashley Nicole Moss. Omar Kelly, Brandon Flowers. The New England Patriots. And guys, before we move on to the defense, I want to ask you, how do they go ahead and make up for the loss of, of Shaq Mason on the offensive line to help that young QB out a little bit? What's what's the game plan? This They, they drafted Cole Strange. The, the, this was one of the strangest things about the 2021 draft is they selected a offensive guard in the first round that most teams did not have on their board for the second day. Wow, that's what they do. They always done that. Absolutely, <laughs> and and that's part of the New England magic and process. And I mean, to the point where the the the, the Rams, the Los Angeles Rams, were doing a press conference and they saw it happen on the screen, mm-hmm. and they started laughing. The GM and the coach started laughing and chuckling. They're like, "Yeah, Patriots doing the Patriots thing." And they just thought it was hilarious. They, mm-hmm. Like, we had them on our board, like, day three. Um, but it, it, you're putting a lot of faith in a young rookie. Um, and he's he's right now working with the starting unit. And I, I believe that you, you know, you you can start you can start young players like that. And But is it always going to pan out? Are you not going to have struggles? I, I think Trent Brown, as much as I admire him and think he's a phenomenal tackle, um, what's he checking in at at camp right now from a weight standpoint? Where is he from a health standpoint? That you you know what happens, Brandon, when you lose your left tackle, mm-hmm. that whole line yeah. starts yeah. feeling that pressure and that yeah. stress. So where where is that team going to be from an offensive line standpoint? Are they going to be a run heavy dominant team? I I just don't know. It's just too much for the Patriots to overcome, yeah. right? Having a new signal caller, they. Don't really trust Mac Jones. When you let him throw three times in the game, like they don't fully trust him like that as it is, right? So I just think it's just too much for this offense to overcome, you know, especially early in the season. Maybe week seven, week eight, they can get into rhythm, see who they are, have an identity, and see this is what we do well. Maybe they can start making a push, but it's not going to look good for the Patriots starting out early this season. 
Well, we're going to move on to the other side of the ball that you're very familiar with, the defense. Listen, New England had one of the top defensive units in the NFL for the 2021 season, but they struggled after the break, losing four of the five final games, resulting in a playoff loss. Brandon, what went wrong with that defense and had they have they corrected their issues? I just think it was on the field too much, right? Mm. Uh, for defensive guys, like, it doesn't matter how good you are as a unit. When mm-hmm. you start to get on the field more and more, you're going to start breaking down. And you're going to start showing your tendencies on film, and they give the offense more opportunities to see how to attack you, right? That's the only thing that happened with the Patriots. They're a defensive team. I mean, with Jabril Peppers coming in, you team him up with Adrian He's coming Phillips. off an ACL. Yeah, but the way... ACLs are now he's going to be good as new right he, he he's a ball hawk I think he's going to be a good addition back there with Adrian Phillips they play a lot of defensive backs I think the defensive side of the ball like they're going to be the team the side of the ball that holds this team together right mm-hmm. they they need to go on that run where they're not giving up more than 13 14 points at the beginning of the season to give them a chance to win I think they can do it with the additions they have yeah I think the addition of Malcolm Butler's uh, when you lose a JC Jackson who's arguably I would say conservatively a top five cornerback in in, in the NFL. Um, He went out and he got his money from the Los Angeles Chargers. And and who who replaces him but a former Patriots cornerback in in Malcolm Butler, who once went out, left the the Patriots nest to go get his bag. Um, I think it'll help, especially since he knows the system. Um, It'll it'll help mask some sort of some of these deficiencies. Um, but I think they they had some other key losses like Kyle Van Noy. Um, that linebacker unit is just not necessarily um, a, a point where I think they should be or are comfortable. Um, you know, who really can you rely on in that linebacking unit to to sort of carry the weight of that defense? The Patriots find somebody every year. Yeah, like they their do. linebacker unit is never the problem over there in New England. Their defense really is never the problem. So I have so much confidence in there. That's the only thing I'm confident in the Patriots team is their defense right now. Well, we can't talk about their defense without talking about Jalen Mills. So who's claiming that starting quarterback position opposite to him? Is there anybody that you've had your eye on you think would make a nice little tandem there? Uh, I don't think there's any. I don't think there's any options. Uh, <laughs> to be honest with you, I I, I, re- I really think that the Patriots have done such a poor job at roster building, roster management, um, talent procurement, especially with a young quarterback. It does not seem like they're doing nearly what they, they did. With they they spent they spent a lot of money um, in the two two thousand off season to sort of replenish the roster after the year after Brady, and I you know. I, I just I didn't think that it was a wise spend, a lot of the decisions that they made. And while they're still winning, I think that this is the year they come right back to the pack and they're right down there with the New York Jets in terms Ooh, they're of they're not that far. I'm I am <laughs> not Jalen Rose say water pistol P. The Jets. <laughs> yeah. I listen, I don't think they're a good roster. Uh, from top to bottom, I don't think they're a good roster. You can't name me five players on that team that every team in the NFL would want that would but, say, yes, that, 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 have that's a my sound effect. But, that's but my, hasn't that's my starter. Always been the Patriots though. That has always been. Yes, it has they, they with Tom the, Brady, but their defense always played Rob well, right? Gronkowski. Their defense always played. JC well Jackson. James White. 
James. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Disrespect James, right? James White as a running back. Come on now. Yeah. He, he he did some things for for the organization. Let's not let's not pretend. The Patri- uh, the Patriots still gonna be an eight nine win team for sure. Like you put them with the Jets, he's gonna win three games this year. I I I'm sorry, but I, if that's disrespectful that I'm putting you with the Jets, I would say seven wins. Set probably a step up above the Jets because seven wins is is in that realm of ten and seven and ten. I think they'll go from ten and seven last year to seven and ten this year. Yeah. All I, right. Well, before we close out this segment, then let me ask you. I'll start with you, Brandon. Most important piece for the New England Patriots heading into this new season is Bill Belichick. Mm. Uh, he got to show up, right? Because this team has been doing nothing but descending since Tom Brady left. We have a lot of questions off his draft. I mean, it's like hard to go. Before. From Brady to, I mean, hey, it's, not it's hard to, not to descend. They want to name the coach of the year trophy after you. So that's, that's what I'm saying. I'm but, just saying, like he's he's Bill Belichick, but he's not like you know Harry Houdini. Like the he way can't. <laughs> the way it's looking is like the Patriots not going to see the playoffs for the next two to three years. The way mm. it's looking, depending on how Mac Jones plays that and Jones. and develops, and I I. And, I and that's why it's Bill Belichick for me. How are you going to navigate this offense, right? Because you're not naming an old coordinator. Like, I know in-house, you probably know what's going on, and y'all got y'all thing in-house, but when? It's Matt Patricia when on in the, the fans, headsets. If Matt Patricia go 0-5 and he can't move the ball, you think okay. Belichick not making a move? Like, he's not making a move? Uh, yes, he's absolutely making a move. And that's why he's going to be the most important piece. He's going to have to figure out like what he's going to do on the offensive side of the ball to have some stability. If everything goes run the to ball, haywire, that's what he's going to do. He's going to run the ball. And I, I, that to, to me, the most important piece is Mac Jones. And if Mac Jones takes a significant leap from year one to year two, they got a chance. They, 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 they legitimately have a chance. Um, if he shows that growth, that progression, if he reads defenses half a second faster than he read last year. But I personally believe that these defensive coordinators have a whole season of film. They have the book on him now. Mm-hmm. They're going to take away what his strengths are and force him to lean on his weaknesses. And I'm not sure he can handle that. I Am Athlete Tonight is part of the Sirius XM Sports Podcast Network. Support I Am Athlete tonight with a five-star rating and by leaving a review. That's a big deal, guys. Stop being lazy. Pick up your phones and leave a review and give us a five-star rating. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast. Want more? Catch the full two hours of I Am Athlete tonight, weekdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on Mad Dog Sports Radio, Sirius XM Channel 82. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash IAA Tonight Trial to start your free trial today. SiriusXM Podcasts. Imagine earning a degree that prepares you with real skills for the real world. Capella University's programs teach skills relevant to your career so you can apply what you learn right away. Learn how Capella can make a difference in your life at capella.edu. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. 
That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash.